Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. And today, I wanted to sit over a warm beverage and talk to you guys about boundaries. Okay, where should we begin? Let's talk about the difference between the two extreme ranges of boundaries and then that healthy boundary in the middle. So let's talk unhealthy boundaries first with boundaries that might be too strict or rigid or closed off. Anybody that might struggle with maintaining close relationships anybody who might actually avoid entering any kind of relationships, be it community relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, maintaining relationships with people in, within your family, coworkers. It could also be someone who self-isolates a lot out of choice or prefers to be or spend time on their own. And there's a big difference, and we'll get to this, within a introvert and someone who is healthily introverted and somebody who completely self-isolates and cuts other people out entirely. So obviously that is an extreme, but it is an extreme of what a rigid boundary can look like. It can also look like not sharing any kind of personal details not taking interest in anybody else's personal details, not sharing emotions or expressing emotions, not sticking around while somebody else shares or expresses their emotions, building up your walls so tall and so thick that no one can really get through. And some people might actually go throughout their whole lives having boundaries like that and enjoying their life because just like with anything, while there are these extremes, there are people that don't fit into the common norm. You know, what I might consider to be healthy boundaries would be or is likely to be different than you or anybody else. And so it's not necessarily a bad thing if you're someone that leans a little bit more into having rigid boundaries. It's just more so about having that self-awareness to know when your rigid boundaries are serving you versus when they're actually inhibiting you. While that pendulum can definitely swing into the rigidness and the strictness of boundaries, it can also swing the opposite way into having too open, too blurred of boundaries. And what that can look like is constantly needing people to be around you all the time, not knowing how to say no to people, so always saying yes, always making yourself readily available to other people, oversharing your personal information or oversharing your emotions, 
being too invested in somebody else's emotions or their stories or anything going on within their life, their challenges, their tribulations. Now, not readily available in the sake of like, you have to make yourself a hot commodity. Like you need to make yourself not available so that you seem rare and to be valued. While yes, in all relationships, you should be valued. Hopefully you don't have to play any kind of games in order for the people in your life to value you. It's not a matter of manipulating the way other people perceive value or feel about you by playing with boundaries because that that's actually it's kind of like a terrifying thought that someone would proactively do that on purpose, play around being hot and cold or rigid and open with their boundaries in order to, you know, keep someone on their toes. I think that that can be a common thing we'll see sometimes in more romantic relationships where someone will say like someone's playing them hot and cold and someone's there and readily available and totally invested in them and then gone and have cut them off the next. While that is definitely an example of someone that can yo-yo between those ranges, usually we fall somewhere within the range of those two extremes on a more common day-to-day -day basis or relationship by relationship basis, or perhaps the criteria of the relationship basis. So maybe with romantic relationships, you are way too open, but with your family, you're way too rigid and closed off. Or maybe with your friends, you're super open, but you're totally closed off and just strict about not having any kind of romantic relationships. These can stem and range so differently for all of us. And we've probably all experienced not only setting or experiencing our own boundaries, but also coming up against somebody else's boundaries because everybody is entitled to have their boundaries. And while, like I was saying earlier, we all have such unique perspectives on our boundaries and our experiences that set the boundaries that we put in place, everybody's might be different. So while you might be super open with your emotions, someone else might be super open with their thoughts, but not necessarily with the way they feel. So it's this really interesting concoction and chemistry of interacting and coexisting with people in your life, be it the people really close to you or the people that start to kind of feather out into your more open or bigger circles of community or your workplace and how those interactions and how those boundaries either complement each other or don't in order to create healthy relationships and healthy healthy reliance on the people within your life while also not, not being too reliant or leaning too heavily on those relationships. So ideally, and definitely not the case all of the time, you wanna find a healthy median in between the too open and too closed. Realistically, it would be knowing when to say yes to others and knowing when to say no having spaces or open pockets of availability to be with others and also having sectioned off time or blocked off time to be unavailable, to be focused on either your work or yourself or something that you need to do in order to sustain your sense of living, you know, having that balance, knowing when to share or what to share and also knowing that it is totally okay to have boundaries within the things that you choose not to share or having moments where you choose not to share. It can be having an interest and definitely a sense of compassion for the people in your life and what they might be going through or working and helping somebody with something that they might be going through, but also knowing that you can do that without taking it on as your own, without taking it on as your own emotion, without taking it on as your own challenge. 
And so it definitely takes a system of trial and error to really establish what your boundaries are, if it is something or if this is an area at which you might be struggling with. There might be reasons why some of us are more rigid and why some of us are more open. So in my life experience, I have definitely fallen on actually both sides where I feel like I've been way too open and thus ended up getting hurt or let down or disappointed in some way, which might not actually be at full fault of the other person because in all reality, by being too open, you can sometimes put yourself in a vulnerable place or at risk. And so when you do get hurt, again, the pendulum might swing and you might end up shutting down, cutting people out, being too rigid or being really strict and self-protecting as a form of, or using your boundaries to self-protect as a form of healing. And then in other ways, I've experienced being in that state and being super rigid and strict about my boundaries and then finding that I became almost starving for human connection, which again caused the pendulum swing to go into an overactive open state of boundaries. And so swinging back and forth into those experiences, and many of us do, like it can be within one relationship, you can experience the wide range of boundaries or within the multitude of relationships you have within your life, you can experience that range back and forth. And then hopefully, you know, throughout your, especially your early adolescent years, you learn the, the pros and cons of both sides and hopefully land somewhere in the middle that is going to be unique to yourself. So maybe in, your family, it actually might help you protect yourself and value and honor yourself by being a little bit more rigid in your boundaries or by being a little bit more open in your boundaries. Maybe within certain friendships, you find it easy to be more open while with other friends, it's a bit easier to be a bit more rigid. Perhaps in romantic relationships, you, you've gone through the range of being super open and having your heart hurt and then being super closed off. And then hopefully as your heart healed, you opened yourself back up again. And then also hopefully as you move through life and, and for some it might take up until their 40s, 50s or 60s to learn to have healthy boundaries. Some people might just naturally have it right off the back. Like they might be born and just throughout their lives, they just naturally have this tendency to know exactly, exactly where their boundaries are and how to set them and how to enforce them. And so as you experience moving through life and moving through different relationships, you hopefully and ideally begin to trust your intuition, begin to trust your experiences and what they teach you, and then begin to trust your gut on knowing where and how and when to set specific boundaries within your individual relationships. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings. 
but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. But let's say you haven't thought about it this deeply before and you want to know exactly how to do that. There's definitely a couple ways you can go about it. A good place to start is to ask yourself, where are you on that range? Are you leaning more into in towards the rigid sides? Do you feel you have a good healthy balance of your boundaries or do you find you're sometimes or often too open and too available? And then once you know that, then take a look at your past experiences within your relationships and what they have taught you and why you might land where you do land on that scale. Don't be afraid to go deep with it. Don't be afraid to trust what you find there. It's hard because you could, if you wanted to, write down all of the relationships you have in your life. And yes, you could absolutely case by case create a sense of framework with the boundaries that you feel open and closed off to and we can go into the different places or areas in which you might set boundaries we'll go into that in a second here but ideally you can create a a sense of framework that you're able to adapt in person in real time that isn't too complicated and so what that requires is a really deep sense of self-trust and listening to your intuition and listening to your gut because nothing is permanent, nothing is cemented into space, time, or reality. So while you might have an interaction with somebody, let's say your partner, your significant other, you might have an interaction with them where you're feeling really open and they're having a bad day. And so they don't necessarily nourish that openness. And so you might feel a little hurt, you might retract a little bit, and you might become a little bit more rigid just within that day. That doesn't mean you can't wake up the next day and go back into being open and nourishing, you know? So, or let's say you have a friendship fallout and because of that friendship fallout, you become more rigid or more strict within your boundaries within that relationship. But then later on in life, years down the road, that person finds a way to come back into your life or the universe brings you two back together. It's good to, find that state of, again, healthy balance between being really upfront and being really consistent with your boundaries, but also not being so cemented in place that you're able to move the boundaries with you. You're then able to tweak and change things as you move along in a way that is appropriate to the experiences you're having and the relationships you're experiencing. So not only do you need to be able to trust yourself, you also need to respect yourself. And I would say that this might actually be 
the biggest and most important ingredient when it comes to setting boundaries in a way that can be more natural, in a way that you don't necessarily have to think so deeply about. Again, coming back to my own experience, I've definitely leaned more into that open state of boundaries and I've definitely, as a sensitive being, have been hurt by being so open and then thus going through my own life experiences and going through things like therapy and being able to discuss those experiences out with somebody. I've come to learn a lot of wisdom, not just through my therapist, but through my experiences and through my own sense of self-reflection and understanding, well, one, why am I that way? Why am I so open at times? Why am I almost too available to giving to, and not like in a martyristic way. Is that a word, martyristic? I don't know, not to be a martyr about it, but just if someone were to need me, I would drop everything at the, at the at, in a second's time and be there. And I like that about myself. That's not something I would necessarily think to be a bad thing. Even though I was internalizing the pain, I was internalizing the hurt of, let's say my openness being met with rigidness. So while I would drop everything to be there for somebody or, would give to somebody or show a lot of interest or try and help somebody out as much as possible in a way that, and not by fault of anyone but myself and my choices, I was leaving myself in a more difficult place. I was actually hurting myself to help someone else and then being met without that sense of open return, I would get hurt. And then it came for me or came from me having to go through those experiences and having somebody who was a safe space to work out those experiences to realize that it actually boiled down to how much respect I had for myself. Also being able to realize what my values are. So if you know what's important to you, if you know what things you value, if you value things like kindness, if you value things like compassion, if you value things like support and community and connected relationships, intimacy, and not romantic intimacy, but intimacy in the sense of like knowing somebody further than just what they show to the public outside world, knowing somebody's emotions, knowing somebody's challenges, and wanting to be the type of person that's able to do those things and be there for people or help other people or, you know, just, just if those are things that you value, those are, those are great things to value, there's nothing wrong with it, and you find yourself on the more open scale of those boundaries and finding yourself being hurt, it might be worth looking at how much you have respect for yourself, how much self-esteem you have, how much self-value you have. And while I think that there can sometimes be this like weird shame that comes from admitting that you might not be as respecting towards yourself as you are to other people, you might not be or value yourself as much as you value other people, there is a sense of empowerment in understanding that too, because the journey of learning to respect yourself, the journey of learning to value yourself, and even the journey of learning how to be open, but in a healthy way in the middle. So it's not that you have to close yourself off more, to an extent you do in a very physical way. We'll get to that, I'm sorry, I know that this is already a long chat, but I just wanna get this point across that you, can work on your sense of self-respect, your sense of value, and go along that journey and actually find yourself being able to be more readily available, to be more open, to be more aware as well and trust your gut, trust your intuition and 
It's not always easy because I think that as well, odds are you tend to believe in the good. Give people the benefit of the doubt over and over and over again. The part that sucks with that is definitely having to hold space for the possible truth that just some people don't openly deserve your openness all of the time. It's just a clash of chemistry. It's a clash of circumstances. It does take a strong sense of believing in yourself and valuing yourself to know when is a safe time to be super open, to connect, to be more intimate with others, and when it might be time to, or when it might be appropriate to actually close your doors in a metaphoric way. And to know that that doesn't make you like a bad person or, and it doesn't necessarily make the other person a bad person because realistically, although we can make assumptions on the intentions of other people or the mindsets of other people, we do not walk in anybody's shoes but our own. But it's just the ability to value and respect yourself enough to know what you deserve. And when you're not getting what you deserve, to focus your time, energy, and attention elsewhere, or it's an opportunity or an invitation to focus that time and energy back within yourself, back within valuing yourself, going on that journey to, to get back to a healthy state of embracing who you are, loving who you are, knowing what you deserve so that you can trust your ability to set boundaries with other people. Now talking about the other side, the other pendulum swing, of struggling with being too rigid, being too strict, cutting people out too far. It comes from not necessarily learning how to respect and value yourself, but it's learning how to trust, respect, and value the relation of others, the connection of your soul with other souls, the connection or the coexisting dance of your energy with other people's energy. And this can be a really hard thing to do if your pendulum has swung into this section of boundaries due to pain, due to heartbreak, or someone has let you down, then you almost can learn to be so self-sufficient to a fault, to a point where you might not even realize that your soul, that your mind, that your heart, or even your body might be just in desperate need of connection to other. But the risk of putting yourself in a vulnerable state is almost too great that you'd rather risk not having the connections at all, then risk connecting to somebody or opening yourself up again and feeling hurt. Or if you've come from the openness back into rigidness, you might fear or lack a sense of trust that you can open yourself up without becoming too open. And so realistically, what it requires is a lot of trial and error, a lot of compassion for both yourself and other people, and a lot of trust for both yourself and other people. There's this book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I read it back in 2019, but a part of that book that has stuck with me since reading it was the idea that all relationships can be looked at like bank accounts and both people have access to that bank account. The minute you enter in any kind of relationship, no matter if it's deeply intimate or more acquaintance style, there forms a bank account. And each time you invest in that other person, you invest into the bank account. Each time you hurt or do something against that other person, you take from the bank account. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach 
with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. But it goes both ways. It's the same with other people as well. So whether you have friendships, relationships, family members, work colleagues, all of those relationships have their own set of bank accounts. And it's worth noting how much you invest and also the things that feel like someone taking from that bank account or you taking from that bank account. You want to have a healthy balance of investments and hopefully no withdrawals. Hopefully on neither side or either side, you can get to a place within your relationships where nothing is withdrawing from the account. Now there might be miscommunications, there might be moments where, again, it's this very delicate dance between personalities, between different sets of boundaries, between different life experiences. This is really tough for me because even within this analogy, I don't like the idea of having to keep notes or tabs on how someone else is investing in a relationship with me and that being like a precursor to how much I'll invest in them. But then again, like I've openly said, I lean more towards that openness. So take that with a grain of salt because I've learned over and over again, I've learned the hard way over and over again of what it is to over invest in bank accounts or relationships that weren't necessarily investing back in me or investing back in the value of the built up account I was creating. I do find that part hard because I like to openly invest without expecting much in return. Whether you feel the same way or you don't, either way, it comes down to being aware and creating a framework for your own sense of boundaries within things like physical boundaries, meaning how close you like to allow people to get physically to you or having autonomy over your body, having physical boundaries where you're able to say, okay, yes, please give me a hug or you, you, a lot of that is very nonverbal, you know, you can very much state or show within your body language when you go in for a hug, if you're open to, or if your boundary isn't hugging, or you might go in for a handshake if you'd rather, if you're not a hugger. Physical boundaries also become extremely important as you do begin to enter more romantic, intimate relationships, because you might have sexual boundaries that you don't want to be crossed or things that you need to communicate with your partner and they might need to communicate with you in order to make sure you're both aware and respecting of each other's boundaries. And that's where perhaps verbal communication is very important. It can't be nonverbal because that can get misconstrued and, and so on and so forth. Also having boundaries emotionally. So knowing again, when you're willing to share where you're at or what you're feeling and when you feel it might be best to just keep it to yourself uh, and vice versa, knowing where you stand with intellectual or mental boundaries. So sharing your thoughts, sharing your opinions, sharing your ideas even. And then also digital boundaries. So we have this whole new aspect now, I don't have my phone on me, but we have this whole new aspect now of something like a cell phone where boundaries have become a lot more insignificant when it comes to 
just being able to access somebody at the drop of a hat, whether it's through social media, whether it's through text, whether it's through calling, just expecting people to be readily available all of the time or people expecting you to be readily available all the time. So be very clear and concise about your digital boundaries. And then obviously as well, your financial boundaries, which coming back to the whole bank account analogy or metaphor, it's like unrelated, but also in the same way, like, are you willing or how, where are your boundaries within your financial situation at which you feel comfortable in either sharing open information about, or perhaps even giving or donating or sharing money with and where those financial boundaries are within you, within your intimate significant other relationships or your marriage or your family so on and so forth. Just two more quick tips when it comes to setting these boundaries and enforcing these boundaries and actually three tips. One would be to be consistent. Once you've got a sense of where your boundaries are with people, yes, you should have a little bit of flexibility with those boundaries, but you do wanna be consistent. And so you don't wanna ride off of being super rigid and then be super open and then super rigid again. Again, that kind of falls into that hot cold. Two would be to communicate, which can clearly help with number one being inconsistent. So even if you are finding yourself to be inconsistent, if it's unintentional because you're going through something or, you know, sometimes in life we go through hardships that causes, cause us to be more rigid and pull back from people. Sometimes we find through things like lockdowns and such that we're almost so hungry for human connection that we become almost too open. So just being super honest, being super open when you feel and trust your gut that it's the right opportunity to do so, to express your boundaries with other people, especially your intimate relationships, and allow them to express their boundaries as well so that you can respect each other's boundaries. And then my last and final tip would be to be your own biggest advocate because whether or not you fall into or experience times in your life where you're too open or you experience times in your life where you're too rigid and closed off, when you're advocating for yourself, then when you're too closed off, you're gonna advocate for yourself to reach out to other people when you need it, when you know it's good for your health. Or when you're too open, you're gonna advocate for yourself to pull back a little bit and stand firm in what you deserve. And those things, being that advocate for yourself, being aware, being able to see what you're doing, what you're needing, why you might be coexisting with others in certain ways, allows you and empowers you to make the right decisions in those case-by-case -case moments and in real time. That again, brings you back to that sense of self-trust, that sense of compassion for yourself and others, and that state of healthy balance when it comes to your boundaries. So there you have it, those are my, I don't know, off, off the noggin thoughts on boundaries. If you guys have specific spin-off topics within boundaries that you want to discuss, definitely let me know down below. Or again, you can request that on the discord chat. I want to hear your experience with boundaries. Have you swung any side of that pendulum? Do you feel like you have a pretty good and healthy set of boundaries? If so, how did you get that way? Any of your thoughts, anything at all that had to do with anything talked about in today's coffee talk, I'd love to hear. So come on over onto the YouTube comment section and leave your thoughts, stories, and tips down below. And outside of that, I will talk to all of you guys over the next coffee beverage. Bye guys.